A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. W229HE Atlanta. The most listened to sports station in the South. WCNN North Atlanta, a Dickie Broadcasting Station. The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Chuck and Chernoff are on The Fan. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday afternoon till 6 o'clock and then 680 Rewind will be on your radio for an hour. What that is is all the best of the 680 programming day that you missed. Interviews, bits, all the fun that you might have not been in the car or in the office for. You can hear that tonight, 6 to 7. Then when you get out of the car, make sure the radio stays on 93.7 or 680. Make sure your app is fired up in the morning for the locker room, which will start your day tomorrow at 6 a.m. before Buck at 10, Nick and Chris at 11, and then Chuck and Chernoff again in the afternoon at 2 o'clock. As we get rolling into our 4 o'clock hour, it's presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows, Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. Go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Before we get to any of the big news of the day, we must get to our top story. Chuck, you sitting down? I'm going to try to. Oh, there you are again. So the face of Bravo TV's network, Cohen, under fire for allegedly doing cocaine with several cast members, of the Real Housewives, and for playing favorites among cast members when it comes to storylines and airtime, essentially trading sexual favors for better standing on the show. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Do you have more? I have a lot more. I'll say my question. Okay. So all this came to light when a new bombshell lawsuit was filed by former Real Housewife cast member Leah McSweeney. The suit paints a damning picture of the -the behind-the-scenes culture at Bravo as a dysfunctional club that thrives on hard drugs, encourages alcohol abuse, and turns a blind eye to sexual predatory behavior. The lawsuit also claims the network was aware of another senior producer at Bravo who routinely would send unsolicited pictures of their genitals to lower-level production employees. In the lawsuit, they claim that the higher-ups knew about this, did nothing about it. Leah McSweeney is seeking unspecified damages in her suit. A rep for Bravo has said Andy Cohen and Network, the allegations are all false. By the way, this news comes out a day or two after another former Housewife cast member, Brandy Glanville, mm-hmm. claimed that in a legal letter, she says an obviously inebriated Andy Cohen harassed her by telling Brandy he wanted to sleep with another Bravo star while thinking of her and asked that she watch on FaceTime. That's your top story. Okay, that, there's no way that can be private and secure. I don't think he was caring about that at that point. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I'm alleging, based on everything here, he might have been coked up and boozed up. Okay, it was like, question about that. You said he's under fire for doing cocaine with cast members. Are the cast members under any fire for doing cocaine? So I don't know because he's the exec in this case, Okay, but I guess. I'm asking, but what are they under fire for, like, I'm a 35-year-old woman, I did cocaine, but it was all his fault? He's the boss, essentially, is what they're uh, saying. That's his issue. Using Absolutely. his power. Apt- yeah. So I wouldn't have done it if not for Andy. Maybe. Okay. Right. I thought he was gay. I think he might be bi, but I, I don't have labels, Chuck. 
Because when you said another Bravo star. So they're, they're, again, it's 2024. He can be whatever he wants. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. But I don't think that precludes him from these allegations being true. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what's true and what's not. But now we got two housewives. No, no, hang on. Making this claim. If he only has sex with men. I understand that. But my point being. And a woman's like, nope, he forced me. Hold on. Where did you go back to this? Now, you got to open your ears for me now for a second. Uh-huh. Open your ears. Really good. You ready? Yeah. Uh-huh. Where in here did it say he wanted to have sex with a woman and have her watch? He That's said. The other Bravo star. I didn't. We didn't specify if that was man the, or woman. But earlier it was pressured into sex, whatever. Read the. There's... So the, the Brandy Glanville part of this mm-hmm. again was that Andy harassed Brandy. By telling her he wanted to sleep with another Bravo star while thinking okay. of her but there was and wanted her to watch on FaceTime. Accusation ahead of that as well. Um, the other, uh, this is for the, all for the Brandy stuff. The other stuff. Uh, Earlier there was another accusation. So. The accusation from Liam McSweeney is that they did cocaine and he would trade sexual favors for better standing on the show. Like, and it's all women, right? I think so. I think there are some husbands in there, too. I don't watch the whole series anymore. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking for details. But I, I think he might be by. Again, it doesn't matter. That's that's not the point. Well, it matters to the allegations. I'm sorry. Are you the judge? <laughs> trying the case? <laughs> like no, I'm trying to keep. Because I have. <laughs> I am on the periphery of this, and I've got like 4% of the information. And when okay. you said that, I was like, wait a minute. I thought he's gay. I'm just reading what's in the lawsuit. And you're right now. You want, it, you want me to take the stand? I don't have any details. Somebody get Andy Cohen. Maybe you'll get him to do the, the the cameo contest, and he's your celebrity. I don't know. There have been some other allegations around Andy before, though, so this isn't the first. I will say, though, for Bravo, they probably love this secretly because the whole network sells itself on every kind of backstabbing, yes, dysfunctional, yes, like all this stuff. Yes. So maybe it's a win for everybody. All right, uh, coming up in five minutes, while the stove never got really, really hot this offseason. It's actually hottish. I think the Braves heated things up just enough for me. I'll explain around the corner. But first, Chuck says he has a Falcons first-round scenario that will check a huge box. Yeah, and it might preview the entire Rye era, if it will be an era. Um, trade down. Now, nobody's going to be whelmed by that. Um, but trade down. Get an additional pick later in the first round. Um, trade down from eight. I'm with you. And, and a pick either in... Another first rounder after that this year, uh, day two pick this year, 2020, whatever the hell you're Mm -hmm. trading down in the first round and picking up additional assets because you've decided you want to take the first cornerback off the board. Now, when I say if the Falcons are in that position, by the way, maybe they stay at eight and take the first corner, but eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, like I can't imagine the first corner going off that if it was a sauce gardener, I think he was third. So there are times when there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. This year, it might be in the 10, 11, 12 range, and so the Falcons may have some play there. When I say you will get a window into the Rye era, Devin Wiggins, excuse me, uh, Nate Wiggins or Devin Witherspoon are generally considered the first two corners off the board. Uh, Nate Wiggins is like 6'2", long arm, sprinter, technically sound guy, just really good ball player at Clemson. Devin Witherspoon is a mean mf that wants to hit you. And he played at Illinois, and he's like 5'11", 180, and he'll just brawl with you all the way downfield. Uh, don't run a lot of man with him, if possible. But Devin Witherspoon or Nate Wiggins, people look at it as Buffalo Bison. What do you want for your team? Totally different players, personalities, legit tough guy who wants to brawl at the line of scrimmage all the way downfield, or Nate Wiggins who says, let's turn and burn. I bet I win. I bet I win in the long run. Um, Witherspoon, I think, is the better prospect. Somehow, Wiggins is probably the better player. Um, But they're so radically different. I think whoever... Whatever staff, because there's going to be a first corner off the board, it could be the Falcons, they need one. Um, you're going to see a window into that coaching staff. If it's this coaching staff, I think it's a preview to what see ahead for the next two or three seasons with uh, Raheem. So I want to play the first half out of what you said, trade back, because we always love that one, and I'm a fan of it too in the right scenario. So typically somebody who's trading up more times than not, it's the quarterback. For a player. But it's the quarterback mm-hmm. specifically. It's not to say you don't trade up for other things, but typically if you're going to trade up, let's say from – 11 like the Vikings to get to eight 
They want to have a quarterback. Even if they re-sign Cousins, we want to have somebody waiting. 12, the Broncos. They could trade up for a quarterback. 13, the Raiders. 16, the Seahawks. Just giving you examples. I think the thing, I think the thing that hurts the Falcons is there are two waves of quarterbacks in this draft. The top three, and then that next tier of three, which nobody believes should be taken probably from 8 to 12 or 13. Doesn't mean one won't be. We're hearing all the rumors that J.J. McCarthy might go anywhere from the Falcons spot to 13 with the Raiders. On most big boards, J.J. McCarthy is between 18 and 26. So people are, quote, reaching because it's the quarterback. So if you're a team who's trying to trade up, I think you feel like I can stay put and get one of that next wave of three. And It's all about the flavor. Do I like Penix? Do I like McCarthy? Do I like Bo Nix? If it's I a, don't know that there's a lot of leverage if you're the Falcons to trade if back. If it's a quarterback, point. yes. But a very real scenario, nothing unusual at all. The very first left tackle comes off the board at eight. Mm-hmm. The, very, alt. the very first pass rusher comes off the board at eight. The very first corner mm-hmm. can come off the board at eight. Probably the second receiver. Sure. There's a scenario. So there's a lot of stuff in play here where there's a premier guy that you have a team that says our number one issue was we didn't protect our quarterback and we're sitting here at 13 and we've got, my gosh, if we could only, and then you're like, wait a minute, we could trade up to eight and get the number one left tackle in the draft. Let me ask you this. So it's just enticing. If Cousins stays in Minnesota, and everybody assumes that's plan A in the free agent market, everything else is a big drop between plan A and and whatever's next. Do you think the Falcons will have added a veteran quarterback no matter what before the draft? See, because I do. I don't think they can go into the draft because it shows their Absolutely. hand. It shows their because hand too much. Yeah, free agency starts next week. It starts the 11th of March. You can start whining and dining yeah. and start handing out, you know, And offers. so you've got six weeks, seven, six and a half weeks ahead of the draft. So it'll be the same thing with Mariota and Ritter in that order. Mm-hmm. You'll sign the veteran and then you're going to the draft. So I think that'll happen too. Even now, here's the problem. If Cousins stays in Minnesota, I don't know what becomes of Justin Fields and I'll use Russell Wilson. After that, everything else is not going to convince the rest of the draft board that you're not taking a quarterback. Anything else you do. Now, even if you got Russell, you still might draft a quarterback. Even if you got um, – the Fields thing's weird. Like, I wonder if they would back it up with a pick, even if they got Justin, who would only guarantee to be here for two years. So with that one, maybe you could play some better poker in the draft. But every other scenario, even if you got Kirk Cousins, I think you could convince people that we're in play for a quarterback, even if you're not. And that's where the poker playing becomes big if you're talking about moving back from eight or trying to move around the board. Or whoever is at nine or has traded well, the Bears to nine. are at nine is the problem. See, they're not gonna the Bears aren't gonna hop for a quarterback. I don't think the Bears unless, unless there's a trade with the Bears in the first overall pick that also involves nine. Remember yes. the maneuvering I I, the, the Dolphins had a couple of years ago? Back, I, I, back, and then all the way back up to get to a I think we can waste stop wasting our time. Bears mm-hmm. aren't moving from one. They're just not. Like we can do all these machinations of what if they do draft day scenario, drop the two, drop to eight. I don't think they're doing that. I think the Bears are going to do the easiest, smartest thing in the draft. Take the best player on the board who's the top quarterback prospect that we've seen in a decade. So then the draft begins at two. And if the draft begins at two, I don't think it's about Washington trading out. I think it's about Washington deciding between Drake May and Jaden Daniels. That has some effect. There could be a chance that New England at three only loves one of those two. And if the one they love is taken, they could be in play to trade. Before that, I don't think there's any scenario one or two trade. I just don't see it. But I, we're going to spend all this time for eight weeks trying to talk about oh, ourselves no, no, into no. trades at I one s- and two. I saw actually on, where was it this morning? Maybe ESPN.com. I think it was ESPN.com. Five trade scenarios for the Bears, like involving five different teams. Great. Um, you got to fill content. I get it. Yeah, the Falcons scenario involved uh, Bijan. Uh, sure. which was something we talked about on either Monday or Tuesday of this yep. week. And I looked at that trade. I was like, damn, that's pretty close. Yes, it we, was five different scenarios. And I looked at it and my takeaway from all of it was no, they're not trading out of the, because not only, Hey, look at all these five huge offers. It's, and then the bears still have Justin Fields instead of Caleb Williams. Correct. And that's not the takeaway they want. No, I would agree. Um, I think the best way I could describe baseball's off season, which is really over, even though we have still have the Cy Young winner out there, which is so weird to say that Blake Snell hasn't been signed and a few other notable players. It was a very weird, quiet baseball offseason, which Rob Manford hates. Here you and I are doing the projections on the football offseason the way we do every year. And that three days of free agency is a frenzy. I mean, it is nuts with one big thing, Adam Schefter reports, after the next big thing. And then the, the same way, the NBA has, has also done such a good job of making – they're off season about big, bold, like moves and things that happen right away. Baseball, it's like this slow trickle and slow bleed until we finally go, oh, Tani signed. 
We all knew Otani was going to the Dodgers. Unless there was a major upset, he was going to go to the Dodgers. I saw a breakdown of the biggest free agent deals, the top 10 of this offseason. Otani, obviously, number one, 10 years and $700 million, But put an asterisk by it because a lot of it's deferred. It's not even like there's the biggest money deal. Isn't he making $2 million with 68 of it deferred or something? Yes. Okay. So then Yamamoto was the next at 12 years, three, six, uh, 325, and he's deferring a lot of his, too. And they won't be living in California when they start drawing it, so they save 13.9. So then you get to the next group of deals. The next largest deal was a guy who didn't even change teams. Aaron Nola stayed with the Phillies for seven years for $172 million. So he got $24.5 million bucks. The Phillies overpaid, but whatever, they need the pitcher. I don't think anybody would have any clue who the next one was. Jung-Hoo Lee was signed by the... Giants for six years and 113. Yeah, he was another import who has never played an inning in the major leagues and got $100 million. So he got 18.8 on an annual. Because they missed out on like two other guys and they're like, we got to spend big money. And they found a way to spend some big money. Then there was a huge drop. Josh Hader got five and 95. Cody Bellinger got three and 80 with two opt outs. It might be a one year deal. Hader was unsigned. He got signed because Presley uh, got injured. Eduardo Rodriguez got four years and 80 million. Sonny Gray got three and 75. Seth Lugo got three and 45. Jaime Candelario got three and 45. Folks, those are the top deals. That's it. That's major. Candelario, Seth Lugo, and Sonny Gray are part of the biggest signings in the offseason. Three and 45, 15 million a year. Jamer Camillario. That's not like a huge deal and nor a huge name. No. The weirdness of this offseason. He's off a decent, season. solid guy. Don't get lost in oh, him. Sorry, what are you yeah, doing? Sorry. He's going to give me a breakdown of, of Heimer Candelario. The Phillies didn't sign anybody to their team. They re-signed Aaron Nola. They didn't add anything. The Mets did nothing all offseason. The Padres traded away Juan Soto, lost Josh Hader, didn't sign anything of note. The world champion Rangers sat on their hands. The Blue Jays and the Cubs were quiet. The Cubs brought back Bellinger. Yeah, their additions are going to be Scherzer and DeGrom. What a weird offseason that there was just not big wheeling and dealing, uh-huh. not huge signings. And there were a couple of big names. Like Soto being traded was the yes. big deal. But that, like I said, the Padres every year were big deals, big deals. Mets, we have the richest owner. We're going to make big deals every year. They didn't do ish all offseason. You know what that equals? They got a $300 million second baseman now. The Braves had a very intriguing offseason. It didn't get a lot of headlines, but they figured out they think left field creatively. They added to the rotation creatively. Whether they work or not, we'll see. And they also very quietly added a very big arm that they can do a couple of things with in Ronaldo Lopez. Add to it some savvy bullpen moves like adding Aaron Bummer. They paid a premium price to bring back Joe Jimenez and Pierce Johnson. Alex is never about winning headlines nor winning the grades in the offseason. But that's a pretty big offseason if you're the Braves that you filled left field, a spot in your rotation, a big arm that can swing from the rotation to the bullpen, added another arm in the bullpen, brought back two big arms to a team that was already thought to be the best team in baseball. Lopez was a decisive thing, um, and I wasn't even counting on that flexibility. I thought they were just kind of pitching that thing, but apparently it's real down in Florida right now. Three I think, years and $30 million, by the way, is an investment. I think he's a eighth-inning guy, and I think that that turns the Braves maybe into the best bullpen in baseball. But the Braves would argue they think he's your they fifth starter. Think he's a starter. Which I think By the way, th- you're going to have 8, 9, 10, 11, sure. 12 starters. They, I will say this part of it. For the season, they're better with Lopez as a starter. Just because then they have a spot in the bullpen if they want to add something else. Maybe in the postseason, you have that arm that you can just play around with. And you that can be the fun of Lopez. We'll be much more able to add somebody to come in and throw Octane on July 31st and somebody to come in and throw six innings. Mm-hmm. So... You're right. You can replace him at the end of July. I'm not going to count on Ken Giles to look like he did the other day, but I'm going to give you a scenario where if Lopez is your fifth starter, let's say Giles does figure some stuff out, and all of a sudden he opens up a spot in the bullpen, he takes that. Now your bullpen, which Iglesias, Minter, Matzik, Bummer, Jimenez, Johnson, I'll throw in Giles, and I'm sure I'm forgetting another one. Daysball Hernandez could battle for a spot. There's probably a name I'm forgetting. That's as deep as I could ever remember a Braves bullpen being with hard throwers. Who's the long guy? Like it's, it's a good question. One out in the top of the third. And yeah, it's, it's a good just, question. Every, just vomit everywhere. Uh, what? Bad. Seven nothing. Way to paint a picture. Um, that's a very good question. Yeah. I don't know. I have to look at because uh, typically you would always have a Jesse Bryce, Chavez or Bryce. A, I don't think I think you want Bryce stretched out down there starting. I think that's more valuable than having him just in case there's a blowout I, game. I don't. I you, don't. My you can fe- find, Dylan Lee could do something like that. That's not my a bad future name. vision for Bryce is not a lot of more All Star games. I don't disagree, but at the same time, I think we've all we've all dumped 
uh, Bryce Elder out with the trash. Like, I don't think it's that bad. There's a chance Bryce can still be a part. As a fifth starter, he's fine. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying I just the way it's trending for him, like, he's supposed to have more than a I think he can get the fifth spot this year. Why, though? Like, Why does he have to get more than that? He's not, he's not an overwhelming arm. He throws strikes. He made 31 starts last year. I'd be fine with that guy as my fifth. I don't need him to be more. Like, everybody's got to have a guy there, and he's, he's dependable to make a start every fifth day. Do I want it in the postseason? No, I didn't want it last year. But it's going to be March 28th when they play their first game. Got a long time. As Lou Brown said, we've got a long season ahead of us. All right, coming up, we're going to play the blind resume game to compare a former Falcons quarterback to the rumored future Falcons quarterback. And it's going to be fun. I'm not fun, and I don't drink. We're going to have fun, and Chuck's drink next. Here we go. Chuck and Chernoff are on the radio. Thanks to you guys for spending your day with us on FM at 93.7. We give you the option of AM if you want. Like it's 1984, and we have our 680 The Fan mobile app. Like it's 2074. That B is in the future. You can listen anytime, anywhere on there. Speaking of the future, I want to thank uh, Derek, who uh, sent us a uh, tweet. says, I know you guys are big Back to the Future fans. He just spotted uh, this in Brookhaven. Uh, what do you see right there? Oh, it's a uh, DMC. It is indeed. DeLorean motor cars. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Somebody has a DeLorean parked outside of a Waffle House. Flux capacitor. That's beautiful. So thank you, Derek. He said it was really distracting during Winchuck's dinner. Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay, DT. You didn't do anything wrong. So if you're uh, out and about, you could see uh, Marty and Doc Brown out in the uh, the DeLorean trying to get up to 88 miles per hour. Coming up in five minutes, not only is this sports black hat on the wrong list, he doesn't even have an asterisk by his name. We'll tell you that tale coming up. But first, Chuck, I want to have a little fun with you. You up for some fun? What's the topic? Quarterbacks. Okay. Seems to be a big topic around these parts every day. For the rest of our lives. I thought you may want Hawks fun. And I thought, no. That's later tonight. Save that. So I'm going to give you a blind resume of two quarterbacks. Okay. I want you to tell me which of these you'd be willing to trade for and how much you'd be willing to give up. The first quarterback is 34 and 40 in his career as a starting quarterback, 45% winning percentage. The second quarterback is 10 and 28 as a starter, a 26% winning percentage. So just kind of keep these numbers going. Sure. The first quarterback is a 63% passer. The second quarterback is a 60% passer. The first quarterback has a career high of 26 touchdowns in a single season. His next highest total is 19. The second quarterback's career high for touchdown passes in a season is 17. His next highest total is 15. The first quarterback's career high in passing yards in a single season is 3,400 which happened in his second year in the league. He's averaged 208 yards passing. That, I'm finding out very little about these guys. The second quarterback's career high in passing yards was 2,500, which came in his third season of the league. In his career, he's averaged 166 yards passing. Both quarterbacks have never made more than 15 starts in a season. It doesn't sound like two A-plus choices. Mm-hmm. It sounds like two probably see something choices or right but i don't have any context i don't know who the receivers the coaches the defense the just on the surface do you want to trade for one i don't know i honestly i'm not trying to be difficult here it's a quarterback and it's just numbers the beauty of you is you don't have to try to be difficult the first quarterback is marcus mariota the second's justin fields dude yeah those are both dude is right i just and that's not to say anything negative about justin i'm just giving you the numbers guys justin fields has been a mediocre quarterback through three years and i'll give you all the same context again the bears have not helped him bad offensive line lack of good coaching and they could also be on justin but i'm I'm giving all the 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 preamble and then yeah yeah, of course some of it's on justin justin is not a good processor justin doesn't throw with accuracy he doesn't throw with anticipation he throws for 166 yards a game now this past year he had dj moore dj moore had a very big year so they finally got him a big-time weapon. They've tried their best with guys like Cole Komet. They've tried with different pieces to build around him. Chase Claypool there. Second. He was there for a second. Justin Fields, just giving you numbers. You can get mad at numbers all you want. That's not an opinion. The numbers are he's 10 and 28. He's a 60% passer. He's never thrown for more than 17 touchdowns in a season. In his career, he's averaging 166 yards passing in a game. He's never started more than 15 games in a season. Now, maybe coming here, 
working with Zach Robinson can fix some of it. Maybe playing indoors, out of the Chicago weather, the wind, having Drake or Kyle and Bijan, all the things that we want to believe will help. My opinion for a guy who, and I was huge on Justin coming out of Ohio State, huge. Now, after watching him for three years, I'm not as high on him. We'll tell you, I think it'll look a lot like Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. And I know people don't want to hear that. I think it'll look very similar. Justin has highlight moments, fun moments, good moments, but consistently he's going to throw for about 175, 180 yards a game. You won't get the most out of Kyle Pitts. There will be throws he misses because he is not an anticipation type of a quarterback. He's not a processor. He's a look for the read, look for the second, and then go, which leads to him getting banged up. Do I think the Justin thing is a lot better than anything we have? Yeah. Might that be the best option when it's done? Absolutely. But if you're expecting Justin to come in here and figure everything out where he's going to be an all-pro, I think you're wasting your time. Got two questions for you. Now, I've watched Justin because he was one of the young hot quarterbacks, and he's exciting, and he runs around, and, and he's Justin Fields and local, and just all these things. If the Bears were on the window, the TV window, and then I'm, I'm like, all right, I'll watch the Bears. Justin Fields is on. I'll see how he plays. Sometimes it was gruesome. Sometimes it was kind of exciting. Uh, Matt, I'm assuming you had a similar experience. If Justin was on TV, you're like, okay, I'll watch some Justin if I can stomach it. Well, that's a little harsh. But okay. It's a little much. So so you have watched him. That's my I've first question. A lot, a good right. bit. I mean, not enough to break down every throw. But question yeah. two. Okay. Does he have it? It being? Does he have it? What What is your goal? Quarterback in the NFL. Starting quarterback, impact guy. He's fine. He didn't have it. I don't think he's, he's yeah. going to be a difference maker where you're going to become a, a consistent playoff team. I think you can look at a quarterback and you know, does he have it or not? Kirk Cousins, you look at him, you're like, yeah, he probably has it. He has enough of it. I don't Josh think... Allen has it. Pat, Patrick Mahomes has it. See, but back up, Kirk Cousins has had enough of it. Like, Kirk's never been a tr- – like, Kirk's been good. But see what's going on with Kirk now is it? Remember it went from Kirk can't win big games and Kirk but can't can win prime play. time. He can He's do fine. it. He can do it. You but know we, you have confidence he can do it. I look at Justin Fields. Does he have it? I don't think so. so. But I think we're also inflating Kirk too. We're doing this everywhere. I'm just saying, can he do it? Can he show up and play quarterback? And I look at Kirk Cousins and I say, yes. Justin is a lot better than what we have. Justin might be the best option. All I'm saying to people is, you're gassing him up too much, man. He's not what you think he is. And we do this for. I saw this city do it for Desmond effing Ritter a year ago. Falcon Twitter was like, we don't have to spend on a quarterback. Hey, Lam- man. Like they, the Falcon fan base who was not even open to listening on Lamar Jackson was legit funny. Whether Lamar was ever available or not is not what I'm talking about. It was the response of, no, we're going to go with the, we feel good about Desmond. You gassed him up because you hadn't seen him. There- you know, ask Chicago fans every time, every game I watch Justin, you know what they say? Eh. They kind of go, he's got moments. Eh. Well, the real- <laughs> The really uncomfortable thing, the Trey Lance thing, is if there is no market for Justin and all of a sudden the draft's here and you take Kaleeb and all of a sudden you have the first overall pick and the 10th or whatever he was and he's still there. Like nobody will give you an asset for him and now you're stuck with him. You can't have him around. Debbie Downer, you can't do it. The the Niners looked at Trey Lance and was like, uh, asset, we got to get – something and they found a trade partner because so the, they knew they couldn't have him around the problem with all of this is the falcons and i'm going to use the word they might get stuck with one of the guys they don't absolutely love then they have to sell that they do love them and then they have to hope their coaching with zach robinson and the 19 quarterback coaches that we talked about the other day that they're going to hope they can coach it up that all the other things that we talked about will make him better can justin be better absolutely can i don't think he can reach the ceiling that some people are in their minds hoping he can reach. I just, you don't, 60% completion guys who throw for 160 yards a game don't turn into what you want, which is, and I'm just going to pick numbers, 68% and 250 yards a game. And I'm just picking that number. doesn't have to be that number. I'm just picking it. That's a huge jump. I mean, I mean, maybe it happens, but it's not normal. It's not typical. It's not something you would see. And yes, Justin is a huge upgrade from anything the Falcons have, but. Just people have blown it up in their mind that Justin Fields is going to come in here and not win a the thing. MVP. You're not going to win with him. You're not going to win with substance. Doesn't look like to me, and I've watched him when it was available. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up in five minutes, I think this number is the single most impressive part about what the Braves accomplished last season. Whatever Domino says, minus two. <laughs> I know. There's no Domino in the equation. I'll share the number with you coming up. But first, many uh, questions today for billionaires across the NFL, but Kang's got a question 
for the other side of the table. What's the other side? Um, yeah, we all talked. I talked about this yesterday with Hadley after it had uh, come out. The NFL Players Association for the second year in a row, they have published the reports of a player survey. Last year, 1,300 players. This year, 1,700 took place, and it's uh, took part. It's, it's anonymous surveys about rating your team, and you can add comments Owner, relation with families, amenities, locker room, nutrition, parking, everything. Rate your experience working for this franchise. And just on its face, there there's some value. The Jags had a rat infestation, and that didn't come out until it, this report last year when players, multiple players put down a rat infestation. Well, you got to fix that because folks find out about it. Um, at least folks outside the building found out about it. People inside the building knew about it. That wasn't enough. You had to have it go public. So that's part of it. But you also wanted just the folks at the middle and the top of the list to also look around and go, well, let's up our game. It's training staff. It's really important stuff. Uh, Training staff, nutrition, all of it. So this is all making the big headlines about which owners and which franchises and who's cheap and not spending money and everything else. My question for the other side of the table, I wonder how the NFLPA president, J.C. Treader, would feel about an anonymous poll from assistant coaches going public with which players are the cheapest, lie the most, the laziest, the least affable to team personnel, the most selfish, worst teammates, biggest problems in the locker room, et cetera. This is a hit job. There is no way for it to look like anything other than these owners don't care and we're calling them out. Now, in some cases, the owners doing stuff that need to be called out. Shot Khan's like, damn it, we got rats. Um, in a lot of cases, this is such isolated. The accused isn't there to defend himself or herself. Some of it's true, but I got news for you. Whoever is probably 23rd in the NFL in nutrition, it's probably a pretty good, damn good setup. It probably is. Whoever is 24th in weight training staff, it's probably still pretty damn good. Um, how you relate to families, I don't know. I saw Miko Grimes get arrested at a Dolphins game because she didn't think that security was relating to her pretty well. Uh, she wanted in without a ticket. Um, so there's a second side of every story. You don't get it in this poll. I wonder how Trader would uh, feel about his players being the subject of an anonymous poll. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm sure you can get it. There's always a place to get that. A structured thing that somebody put together, organized, and then released. I do find it interesting, though, the comps. Because you said, yes, if you're the 24th in the NFL, you're probably one of the best facilities or training staffs or all that. But, like, to the players, that doesn't matter. So let's say you're a player, and I haven't seen the full numbers. Whoever was the number one nutrition, weight room, all that, compared to the 24th, I bet you they could give you some pretty specific details of why. Amounts of fresh fruit and whatever it is, workout absolutely. space, all the training staff, top to bottom. And I think that to them now, is it enough value where they would pass up money to sign somewhere? No, but that's not what this is about. I think it's an eye opener to these And is teams. it in any way prohibitive to what happens in the fall on the football field? So I'll give you this much. Because apparently the Chiefs, their owner is dead last. Last, 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 and they won't pass Super Bowl. Well, they also pass have Patrick two. Mahomes. He can cover up everything. He's the ultimate deodorant. He'll cover up anything that stinks. But – Arthur Blank apparently responded to this last year, and they made changes. So for what exactly? It was a PR call out. Well, but it worked. It was a one star review on Yelp. But if if Arthur Blank believed, and I'm it, asking, what about Jay, what would the NFLPA think about? You know what? Right before free agency, mm-hmm. we're putting out a list about which player is the biggest pain in the ass. Oh, we get that. dogs at that practice. No, we get that. No, make it public. No, we get some of that stuff. No, though, we get this. We get the thing where we hear about a player being a cancer in a locker room and this guy being difficult. That Kirk Cousins, uh huh. Well, let's not forget that we he get, got an F minus from his uh, assistant coaches. Let's not forget we get anonymous. GMs, scouts, and coaches doing that all the time. I'm, but I'm talking organized and structures where there is a number and a grade assigned put, put to your it. Put your name on it. I've always said that to the to the anonymous scout or they the didn't coach. Do that here. I, no, these are all the players in the league. There's only 1,696 players. They all voted. They all everybody's name is on it. They said the Falcons uh, practice facility isn't as, but, as but nice I'm as saying others. If you're Clark Hunt, the the Chiefs owner, right? You don't know which of your 53 players yeah. said that a hole never spins, and he promised us we'd have a new training facility because sure. you got comments at the end too. I like this stuff. I think I, I think it's a good comp for who the player thinks 
And and I don't know if it's in your own locker room because it's got to be guys who have been in different locker rooms. So there's a free agent who's played in Atlanta. He's played in Philly and he's played in Tampa. He's like, oh, let me tell you what, what the difference is in between that training staff, this training staff, this weight program, the way they treat the families. What about the, Jake Matthews? He knows one. Yeah, he only knows one. He wouldn't have any. Now we could talk to other players in the league and they can compare. But I would add to it. I mentioned to you earlier. The story came out that Tampa Bay asked their players to, to they have two choices on the road. They have to room with a player or they have to pay thousands of dollars yes, themselves absolutely. to get their own room. Like that's not treating an NFL player for a league that makes gazillions of dollars the way they want to be the treated. First, now this is, I don't have to share a room with somebody when we go on a road. This is partly why the NFLPA made this public. Um, there was a story I read a few decades ago. You may not remember this guy, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson. Do you remember him? Sure, yeah, Cincinnati. Massive D-tackle out of Ohio State. State. Yep. He was the first overall pick, went to the Bengals. There was a story about night before a road game, your starting defensive tackle, first overall pick, somebody saw him sleeping on a couch in the lobby mm-hmm. because with the Bengals, you share a room, and whoever he had a room with is a bad snorer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, got, I went down to the lobby to try to get some shut eyes. Like, you got an NFL game the next day, and so that is a case of you being cheap, and that's ex- that's a great example of it. But how is Clark Hunt – Worse than the Tampa owner if he's giving you because they have a twenty room. They have a hang on. They have a twenty year old training facility. Hmm. Now you know what the training facility is. One hundred twenty yards long. It's fifty three and a third yards wide. Like it still works, sure. but it's twenty years old and the carpet's worn in the lobby. And so they finished last. I'm pro player. I'm not pro management. Pro owner privilege. I'm fighting against privilege. They wouldn't like it if right before free agency, all these grades came out on them. I'm, I'm employees get more. That's what I want. Um, I had mentioned to you guys yesterday that the Braves had 16 different starting pitchers a year ago. They had 16 different guys start a game. 11 guys, I told you, made five starts at least for the Braves. And why that's kind of nuts is the fact that the Braves won 104 games, even with all that going on. Now, part of that was they had one of the more impressive dominant offenses baseball has seen in the last, I don't know, half a century. Like, that's how good the offense was for the Braves. But, Chuck, I wanted to drill down on this for you. Braves won 104 games. They only got 14 starts from Max Freed. They only got seven starts from Kyle Wright, two guys that they, in their mind, were picturing combining for 60 starts. They got 21. They had to fill those 40 plus a few other scattered starts. The Braves got 45 starts last season from this group of pitchers. Are you ready? Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd, Michael Soroka, Alan Winans, A.J. Smith-Shaver, the great Yanni Chirinos, Colby Allard, and Darius Vines. They got 40. Five starts from that crew. Now, it gets even worse when I tell you more. 11 starts from Jared Schuster, who had a 5.8 ERA. They got seven starts from Dylan Dodd, who had a 7.6 ERA. Six starts from Mike Soroka, who had a 6.40 ERA. Six starts from Alan Winans, who had a 5.2 ERA. Five starts from Yanni Chirinos, who had a 9 ERA. Mm-hmm. Three starts from Colby Howard, who had a 6.5 ERA. Can I throw in one stat there? Didn't Tonkin finish, like, I don't know, fifth on the team in the innings or something. It was, yeah, something. Uh, Michael Tonkin pitched a lot, a lot of innings. So McHugh my point. pitched a lot of innings. When you hit 300 home runs, you can mash your way past that. And they did, but it's not normal. No. So let's say Max Freed stays healthy enough this season, and he makes his typical 30 to 32 starts. Instead of 14, he made a year ago. Let's say Chris Sale makes it. I'm going to be super hopeful and positive he makes 23 starts, 23 to 25. I'm being, again, I have my doubts he makes 20 or so, but I'll say 23 to 25. Chuck, that's 55 or so starts. That last season you had to fill most of those with Schuster, Dodd, Soroka, Winans, Mm -hmm. Allard, and Chirinos, and they won 104 games, and they did it in pretty effortless fashion. They had the division wrapped up in early September. That's insane. But they also probably won't get the same level of dominant offense. It'll be good. It doesn't have to be historically great the way it was. On paper, Freed, Strider, whatever you consider the order of Sale and Morton, and then I'll use Ronaldo Lopez right now for the five. On paper, this staff, and there will be injuries and all the stuff, on paper, this staff is as good as the Braves have had in a decade, more, like whatever you want to start doing, whatever the, the deepest staff was. Now, that comes with caveats. Morton's 40. Sale's banged up historically. Freed hasn't been healthy over the last year. But... On paper, the staff is as deep as any team in baseball. To go along with that offense, that's frightening. And actually getting better. This is uh, the frightening part. Like Kyle Wright won 20 or 21, didn't he? He won 21 two years ago. Wowzers. Um, 
Strider. Now he's in Kansas City. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, trying to get healthy. Strider won 20 games last year. He did. Which is not really much of a thing in big league baseball now, but he won 20 games last year, and he's still getting better. Like, he, that wasn't him. No, he's not fully developed. No, no. There's going to be a curveball that comes in at about 82 miles an hour. Somebody's going to pull a muscle. Like, that's what he's going to do. So, if you look last year, what that's that was the developing Spencer Strider. This is not like Kyle Wright where you're like, okay, maybe finally. Because Kyle, we kind of been looking at a little bit and was more experienced at the um, collegiate level as well. Spencer Strider, man, he's still just scratching the surface. Well, and the other part of Max is, we, it, like, we forget, even in Max's 14 starts, do you remember what the numbers were? He was 8-1 and one with a 2.5 ERA. When healthy yeah. in the last – Last season and at the end of the year before he missed some starts, Max is a top 10 pitcher, top five lefty, and you could get double the amount of starts if he's healthy this year is a frightening thought for the rest of baseball. Another frightening thought is we get a house call for the first time of draft season. It's Doc McChuckins. He's on his way back. And what does the Doc have for us in his first house call? A couple of hours is all it will take for Falcons fans to love this first-round move. Hmm. The Doc will stop by next. Chuck and Chernoff are on the radio. Hey, man. Thanks for hanging out with us here on this Thursday. Until 6, you'll get 680 Rewind when we're done. It's the best of the uh, day of the fan. If you miss some of the locker room or Nick and Chris or Buck, you'll get it coming up at 6 o'clock. The 4 o'clock hour of our program is presented by Entry Point Doors and Windows. Atlanta's local expert for entry doors and windows. They're Atlanta's best for a reason. You can go to entrypointatlanta.com for a free estimate. Dr. McChuckins. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. It's okay if you giggle. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. Do we have to explain to people who are new what Doc McChuckins is about? Oh, beginning with the combine leading up to the day of the actually the Friday of day two, because we get to recap a little bit, uh, we do just a little draft preview. It was all just to be pick a player, a scenario, or something. Correct. So, Doc McChuckins is the doctor of the draft for yeah. us. For you new listeners, he scrubs in every day with some draft news or note. It doesn't sound anything like a CFT because it has that open. Yeah. And he gives you a nugget or two about the draft. It's totally different They're information. Very different. very different. Those aren't the droids you're after. <laughs> uh, if... This pick, Matt, I said a couple hours all it's going to take. If this pick, the Falcons selecting a receiver at eight were to happen, I think that's a revolt. It's Roma Dunze. It's whoever the second best receiver is. There's a chance that guy's already off the board. There's a chance Malik Neighbors is already off the board. But if they're available, a receiver at eight, that could happen. Despite the scorching need, it would be a revolt. Um, the same just, from the fan base would go. Yes, out. it's See, just I, too much. I think it's a perfect fit. I know it's not pot. They need another. Re- they're they, gonna have, they need three receivers every time if they're going to play at eleven personnel the way McVay did it. When I say wait a couple hours for that pick, yeah, wait two hours. Trade back into the end of the first round. Take your pick at eight, whoever that is. Then trade into the back few picks of the first round. Select Xavier Worthy, wide receiver from Texas. He's six one, about one eighty seven, one eighty eight. And he is, like, big-time high-octane. If the defense misses a tackle, they've got some big problems. Uh, it's going to be a touchdown. There's, he may be as fast as you've seen on the Falcons uniform since, gosh, I don't know, um, Dion, maybe? Um, he's, like, big-time straight-ahead speed, and he produced at Texas, and he was Quinn Ewer's favorite receiver uh, in a pretty talented squad out there. Anton so, Smith would like a word with you about speed. Uh, Xavier Ward, big-time just straight speed, boom, down the field. Now, if he gets knocked off his route, that's more of an issue. Anybody can get physical with him. If you ding him, you can really ding him. Uh, you could have an impactful guy who really peels the top off the uh, back end of the defense, which means you also get a better Kyle and a better Drake. I like that version. Um, you might get Ted Ginn. 
So there is some real wide variance, which is why it's not a thing at 8, but it could be a thing at 30, 31, 32. Some breaking news came out a little while ago. Caitlin Clark has uh, made it official. She's leaving after this season. She wanted to let Hawkeye Nation know that while the season is far from over, she said, I will be entering the 2024 WNBA draft. Now, it didn't take Darren Ravel long to explain the dollars and cents of what it would cost Caitlin Clark, who he wrote, headline, Caitlin Clark chooses a $750,000 pay cut. Then he continued by talking about the fact that I guess with her NIL deals, she makes about eight hundred grand, and the salary of a WNBA player is about $50,000. Now, the pushback very quickly became there are endorsements and all sorts of ways that she can yeah, make it back here, in marketing. Here's the difference, though. You can force her to play for the New York Liberty or the Phoenix, whatever, Mercury. You force her to do that for the salary because it's agreed upon, and she gets drafted, and she doesn't have a choice at Iowa, she's there only because you're paying her the 800000 or she would go somewhere else. She doesn't have that ability as a pro. I hear what you're saying, but I think where if she gets drafted by, would you say, New York or Phoenix? I'm saying she'll get that salary and she'll get her endorsement. She'll get those. She's as famous as a female basketball player as we've She's seen. getting, all right, so what sort of pro basketball player endorsements do you see? Because I saw for female wow. athletes, this I is, saw those is, yeah, girls from Fresno who were then the girls from Miami. I saw Olivia Dunn from LSU, um, Caitlin Clark, like every female athlete um, outside of like Serena. So I don't know. Do we know what Caitlin has national deal wise? I don't know what her brands are. Eight hundred grand worth, apparently. I'm going to guess those national deals will go with her to the WNBA. That's what I'm saying. She'll still get her money. She'll get her salary from the WNBA. She'll get her brand value that because of her social media following and her name and. I don't know if it'll last. What are the w- and I'm not trying to pay. I'm saying I don't know. I don't, I'm asking. What other is, WNBA player has uh, endorsements that we know of? It doesn't matter. This is different. Who's She's the most famous college basketball player that we've seen in okay. years and years and years. All right. like, there's not another one that you can Caitlin Clark has transcended. Go look at what the cost of the game is. Go look at the TV ratings. Sure. She is doing something. And they'll get that for 50 grand. The salary. Yeah, she'll, get her, she'll, get her, she'll get her endorsement money. Um, I've upset a listener, and I have to address this over what well i guess during the crosstalk with nick and chris we got on to discussion about uh monty kiffin and um monty's 84 years old and i think my you said you don't want him driving you want yeah him... i don't i don't know that i want him game planning or doing 84 is 84 that's not picking on monty that's 84 that's just real life like 84 year olds most 84 year olds should be kind of hanging on the couch or running the country we're not making it political. That's down the hall. That's down there to the right. You can download your extra app. I don't have anything against old people. I love old people. I've just said I never want to be 84. There's Nobody wants to be around you typically. You have an odor about you. You feel forced upon. I just That's most 84-year-olds. So Catherine sent the email to our boss, who then forwarded it to me. She writes, obviously Matt does not understand karma. He's putting poison out about being old. If he's lucky, he'll be old one day. Well, that's where I've got you, Catherine. I don't want to be old. I want to check out at about 75. And I think when you get almost old, you change your attitude. You know what? I think I'd like to try old. Oh, nah. I'm good. I'm not scared to death at all. Like, I'll, I'll be totally well, fine. Well, there's a difference between being scared of it and still looking around going, hey, life's pretty grand. Okay. But if your body hurts, your kids don't want you, the grandkids, oh, we got to go see grandpa. Like, I'm telling you, there's no, I'd just put me in the ground. Actually, no, I want to be. Just use a credential. Go to the Braves game every day. Just go to the Braves game every day. My body hurts at 46. You get to sit up front. I hear you make a noise when you get up and you're in your mid-50s. You think 30 years from now you're going to want to go to a Braves game? My arse, you're going to want to go to a Braves game. I can't hear. Soundtrack of Chuck's body. Now she continues. He's putting poison out about being old. If he's lucky, he'll be old one day. That is if the karma doesn't get him first. I got news for you. Catherine, the karma's gotten me. I've been married twice, and I have three kids. There's nothing left for the karma to get. On this one point, this one point, age is so far deep in the line to get Matt, karma-wise. Way, way down the line. Karma's already gotten me. It's way back there. There's nothing you can do at this point. She says, I hope Arthur Blank hears some of his hate speech. Hate speech? I hope he does, too. <laughs> what? <laughs> what hate speech? We're being real over here. He needs to hear some of it. She says, from a loyal listener until now, I've heard enough of his rants on this subject too many times. Have I gone on that rant a lot? I'm just telling enough, you. Enough. Enough. I'm sorry, Mad Dog. I, just, I don't want to be old. I just, I, I don't. 
Yes, there are healthy 85-year-olds. Typically, you're uncomfortable. Tamina said 84 today isn't 84 what it used to be. Okay, 84 is 84. 84. 84 is 84. It just is what it is. You can't hear well, as well. 84 used to not exist. Like, you died when you were, like, 40. I can't see now. Do you understand what 30? I'm 46. Uh-huh. Another 40 years, I will be legally blind. Why do I want to be blind? I don't want to be blind. I'd rather just put me in the ground. Well, the two don't have to be yeah, they do. I don't uh-huh. No, I'm fine. I'm not saying you. Listen, you live to 110. You're already there. You act like that age now. What Clint Eastwood seems to be pulling it off. There you go. Well, that's solved. And you don't know what Clint goes through every day. He might hurt getting out of bed. I'm sure he does. He might not feel good. He might have that odor that 84-year-olds have. It's not his fault. That's all I'm saying to you. So, Catherine, I apologize if I offended you or any of the old people. I'm just saying what basically like we're all Namath, thinking. Joe Namath is almost, I bet Joe Namath is probably like 80. Right. Joe still got it rocking. Uh, okay, good you to could, be Joe. You found two. Awesome. I'm glad you packed. You found money two. helps. Money's got to help. Money's got to. Yeah. He found two rich, famous people. How about the guy who's in an assisted living? Sure, there's some Kennedys right. in their 80s. But the the guy who lives in the assisted living, who the kids don't really want to come see. Oh, stop! On Sunday they bring their kids. This is true. My grandparents. I remember this to this day. My grandparents were in their mid 80s. We would go to these homes and see them, and all I did was felt sympathy for them. These old people, know, it was just a sad life. Back out of the conversation, dude. Be Deion Sanders right now. Right? No, I'm speaking my mind, being honest. My goodness. It's not like Catherine's coming back. The truth is the truth. I apologize again to Catherine. All right, coming up next, I think Braves fans should apply Murphy's Law when judging this new player. Plus, the Falcons would lose screen time if they actually brought this report card home. An F. (laughs) An F minus. We'll talk about it next. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hey, sandwich lovers, today's your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open, Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner. 